Welcome to the future. You're listening to the Consensus Network. Consensus Network. Consensus Network. With Buck Joffrey. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Consensus Network show. And uh, we are just trucking along in the world of blockchain right now. Uh, Not a lot of uh, big price action, but there is a fair amount going on. So we're going to continue our series of uh, discussions on interesting projects. Uh, Of course, these do not fit in the Bitcoin uh, maximalist um, box, so to speak. But uh, you make a decision for yourself when you hear for these projects, whether they're worth looking at or not. Um, Certainly, uh, the ones we're talking about and the one, people we're interviewing for these projects are ones that I think are, um, I don't, I won't, uh, say that, uh, you know, you, you should invest in them. They're just things that I think are interesting. Uh, I may, uh, may or may not, uh, have investments in any one of these, uh, particular projects, but they are worth talking about for sure. And if you want to get involved in something like this, you should do your own diligence. But in terms of today's show, you know, it's an interesting concept, this idea of <clears throat> of um, of crowd intelligence. So in 1906, there was this statistician named Francis Galton who had observed um, that at a competition at a county fair uh, where there was 800 people entered to guess what the uh, weight of an ox was, uh, what he realized was that the average guess was 1,197 pounds, whereas the actual weight of the ox was 1,198 pounds, literally one pound off from the ox when you averaged the 800 people who were in the audience who were guessing. How many of those people do you think were right on? Maybe one or two, who knows? But the point is that that is the idea of uh, crowd intelligence. Another classic demonstration of group intelligence is the jelly beans in jar experiments, which uh, you may have seen in the past, which invariably the group's estimate is superior to the vast majority of individual guesses. Um, When a uh, finance professor, Jack Trainer, ran this experiment in his class with a jar that held 850 beans, uh, the group uh, estimate was 871, and only one of 56 people in the class made a better guess than that one individual guess. And again, so that is the concept behind uh, collective or group intelligence. Now, of course, this doesn't always work um, for things, particularly when there uh, people have knowledge of one another's guesses and that could account for what happens, for example, in the case of bubbles. You hear everybody else talking about things going up. Well, you just assume things are going to go up. Um, so in, in certain situations, maybe it's not as valuable, but it certainly is a useful tool. And there's an entire science behind it. Now, the advantage we have these days is that you can combine crowd intelligence with other kinds of intelligence that involve very powerful computers Uh, and um, algorithms and this is of course called artificial intelligence and this is a project uh, that describes exactly what syndicator is doing at syndicator with a c 
um, syndicator. It's like indicator with a C. Um, anyway, the, uh, the idea is, is I think pretty ingenious. I think there's a lot of applications. There's actually a few different projects that are using crowd intelligence, but nothing that I am aware of that is using crowd and artificial intelligence. And therefore, that's one of the reasons why I think Syndicator is an interesting project. And when we come back, you're going to hear all about it with uh, one of the uh, primary uh, executive team members of Syndicator itself. Now, there isn't much more exciting than cryptocurrency, but there are old-fashioned ways of creating wealth outside of Wall Street that have been used by the wealthiest families in the world for generations. And that's what my other podcast is all about. It's called Wealth Formula Podcast. Now, if you've made a lot of money in crypto and don't know what to do next, this show might actually answer a lot of those questions, too. Again, it's Wealth Formula Podcast with me, Buck Joffrey. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Consensus Network is Nodari Kolmahidze. Nodari is the chief investment officer of Syndicator. Uh, he was previously a trader and asset manager who, was successfully sh who successfully shorted the Russian market right before the Crimean crisis in 2014, and then again in the U.S. stock markets before August of uh, 2015 and January 2016 when we had the sell-offs then. Nodari, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks, Mark, for having me. So, I really appreciate it. yeah, so um, it sounds like you've been, you yourself have been predicting markets for some time. Um, what what have you been using for these indicators? Have you been using a standard technical, um, uh, technical type trading uh, techniques or are you using something where you use something else before? Uh, yeah. I would say that hard to predict events is my passion. So uh, I've been pretty much I've been comparing uh, probabilities of events to happen, real probabilities, like in my mind, with uh, the probabilities that market showed us. So pretty much uh, for, like for as an example for Brexit tra Brexit trade, uh, we said a, a day before the voting we had. Uh, a pound uh, on a pretty much early heights, uh, early high uh, price of pound, uh, which um, which means that the market is completely, uh, completely underestimate uh, the probability of like of Brexit event because uh, it means that the market is pricing this event as a no, uh, we will not, we will not um, exit the, uh, the European Union. Uh, but uh, in the fact, uh, this probability, like it, it was at least not zero. It was, uh, I don't know, uh, I was expecting it uh, quite higher. Let's say if we are expecting it at 20%, so there is a room for making a trade based on this. <clears throat> and pretty much this is uh, like the technique uh, I've been using for, for most of events that we are able to know that this event will happen. Got it, got it. So then comes syndicator. So how how do you how did you enter the the blockchain space yourself? How did you yeah. find um, you know the idea of okay, well you know we can we can do something here 
in the blockchain space uh, that ultimately becomes syndicator? Did it all start with Bitcoin? And... Yeah, uh, I personally, I have experienced uh, since the very beginning of 2012, uh, when I first heard about Bitcoin. Uh, but uh, then uh, it's, it, I, I won't say it was like serious passion or something like this. Uh, in 2012, uh, in, in 2016, uh, I've joined Syndicator and we started uh, building our product around fiat market. Uh, in one year after that, uh, we have seen uh, um, a huge growth of crypto and crypto related products. And we had some thoughts about uh, moving uh, like our focus to crypto market and we did this and uh, pretty much in 2017 we had a token sale and after that we became a tokenized fintech company um, and we are developing hybrid intelligence okay so let's let's talk a little bit about that because that's one of the things that um, presumably makes uh, syndicate a little bit different what describe what you mean by hybrid intelligence yeah so pretty much it's a symbiosis of humans and uh, machines in our application uh, so pretty much we have a platform uh, like mobile application web application where uh, we have more than 120,000 highly motivated analysts uh, all around the globe uh, they, they are answering our questions regarding uh, cryptocurrencies prices, regarding uh, cryptocurrencies market. Uh, pretty much they are trying to submit their forecasts, their analysis, etc. etc. Uh, we are collecting this data. Uh, we have more than 1 million uh, data points, 1, 1 million uh, forecasts uh, per, per month. So this is a huge amount of data. We are collecting it and uh, we are uh, we have a set of uh, machine learning models uh, that are using this raw data to build a quite accurate prediction uh, quite accurate indicators based on this data so so pretty much hybrid intelligence is uh, like the symbiosis of humans humans minds collective intelligence and artificial intelligence can you explain, and I know there's a lot of evidence before this, but uh, it'd be nice for people to hear that, yeah. um, you know, when, when people first hear the idea of crowd intelligence, they may not be all of that, all that impressed. I mean, why, why would we care? How accurate could they be? Why would we care what people think on a whim? I mean, and, but the, but the, um, but the statistics are pretty significant just for crowd um, crowd knowledge and crowd uh, you know uh, uh, predictions do you can you can you talk a little bit about that first yeah so uh, yeah the statistics talks for themselves I guess so we have uh, stable accuracy and average accuracy uh, above than 60%, or like if we're talking about the whole set of questions. And for some questions, or uh, I mean, for some assets or for some types of questions, we have even higher accuracy. So yes, we have, uh, first of all, we have like independent, uh, each user is an independent user and uh, decentralized from all other, uh, other uh, forecasters. 
So uh, he or she, uh, prob he's probably uh, good at forecasting, let's say, Apple stock or let's say Bitcoin uh, or something like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have this data. We have uh, the history of his analysis for anal analysis for math and uh, uh, we can see uh, what are the type of types of questions his or she is answering good or uh, what is the um, assets uh, that is good uh, to predict for these forecasters so pretty much after having this history we are able to use uh, like a set of different models to uh, to like collect uh, all the all the stated into one uh, quite accurate uh, indicator uh, we sometimes we have so-called super losers uh, uh, forecasters who are uh, quite stable in giving bad predictions bad forecasts but right. this is useful as well because we can reverse, reverse <laughs> it. Right. And that's where that's where the artificial intelligence comes in, right? That's where yeah. you're you're looking at okay, well, first of all, how often are these people right? Are they right in a particular asset class or type of prediction? Or are they always wrong about something? And then the 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 algorithm, the artificial intelligence part of this starts to try to take that data and manipulate it for a more accurate answer. Yeah. Um, talk about the platform itself. I mean, why, why even use a, a, a blockchain um, to, to do this? What's, what's the, what's the value in using blockchain? Yeah, that's a great question. There is a few reasons behind this. So pretty much uh, we are building the whole ecosystem around our application. Um, blockchain is helping us to do this. So we have analysts, as already said, and we have clients, uh, so traders who are using uh, like indicators uh, that are based on this analyst uh, forecasts uh, into their like, in, I don't know, daily routine or probably into, into analysis of the market or something like this. So, we have traders and we have analysts. Um, we have uh, a token, CND token, which is used uh, between them to like to make this this relationship relationship more um, probably motivated for some for some people something like this. So we right now we have three main uh, participants in this ecosystem is. Uh, a group of analysts, uh, this uh, syndicator self, and uh, traders who like clients who are using uh, the syndicators into their for their analysis. And pretty much, we uh, we are using token to to like manage all these relationships. In future, we are planning to add more. Uh, more parties, for example, data scientists who will be able to receive raw data from analysts and then build uh, like machine learning models on top of it and then uh, sell it to clients as well. Uh, so, and also um, we have uh, so-called holding model, uh, which I guess is impossible without cryptocurrencies. 
So pretty much a client uh, of Syndicator uh, is able to get the access to our products by just holding tokens. Uh, there is no need to spend it. So a client can buy like a given amount of tokens and just hold it. And while he's holding it, he's receiving the, you know, the access to, to our products. It's like club card or something yeah, like this. Yeah. So just for clarity, um, and I, I have held syndicators, so I, I know you have different, if you own a certain amount of the more, the more syndicator tokens you own and you stake the higher level of information you get. And, and so, for example, if you own, I think, you know, what, like if you own 700,000 uh, syndicator tokens, then you get a certain type of uh, level of information. If you own 200,000, you get a slightly less information. Um, and that in and of itself creates, um, because there's a finite number of syndicator tokens, right? They don't go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. How many tokens are there? Uh, we have two billions of tokens in total. We two, will have so two billion. Are, uh, yeah, two billion. So the idea is that that <clears throat> as this information becomes more valuable, the tokens become more valuable. Is that that's part of part of the model in terms of of um, at least the the economics of why you might might consider participating, right? Yeah. And also quickly, there is another another reason for having blockchain cryptocurrencies in, in our ecosystem. Uh, pretty much uh, in our application, everyone from analysts who have successful forecast last month, uh, they're receiving uh, like their financial rewards on a monthly basis. So uh, we have more than 100,000 people from 100 countries. And can you imagine how to send, like, let's say, ten thousand transactions using banks, like each month? Yeah, right. Uh, it, it's just insane. So yeah. So uh, you're talking about the people who are answering questions, right? I mean, so yeah. so you have this crowd, <clears throat> and part of part of part of the value again is if you want to earn if you want to earn cryptocurrency, you can just participate in these. Um, basically these surveys right where you just have surveys and then um and then if you, based on how often you're right uh you get some sort of reward in the reward the reward comes in the form of ethereum uh no in form of uh syndicator in, 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 okay got it. it was syndicator for some reason i thought it was ethereum was it ethereum before it, it was yes before. okay but got it we had like seven months ago or something like this. got it got it yeah so that's that's the additional value, and of course, uh, trying to work with banks on that uh, would be uh, just a, a nightmare. Of course, <clears throat> so let's let's shift gears a little bit and uh, talk a little bit about performance. Um, you were early on, um, and I was follow. You know, admittedly, I was following the the. Uh, you know, the project relatively early, particularly when my friend Tika Tawari was um, was talking about it and um, was really, um, and he still is very bullish on the project, but the, the numbers initially were, were uh, quite good and you were predicting things like, you know, the, the likelihood of an ICO, uh, you know, significantly increasing uh, or 
um, the value of, of to, you know, a particular token or cryptocurrency going up. And you were doing non, non-cryptocurrency predictions as well. I mean, in the oil markets, um, even elections, things like that. Um, but what, what um, tell me what's gone on in terms over the last, you know, you've had some time now over the last year. Have you seen um, your accuracy go up? And can you, if you can give me some statistics on that. Yeah, so uh, pretty much talking about the last year, we had a crypto meltdown. So right. Had, yes. And uh, our accuracy has dropped as well. We had uh, like a drawdown, but for a few months. But after that, we... Uh, like uh, after the trend was changed from like bullish to bearish, we had a drawdown. But after that, our uh, analysts, humans, and uh, models they were adjusted and adapted to, to the new market conditions, and the accuracy started to like recovering. And pretty much, we have right now, like over the last quarters, we have uh, quite stable uh, mm, growth of uh, accuracy. And which is good, uh, in my opinion. Uh, also, uh, in this case, time uh, is our friends. So the more data we have, the the better like indicators we will have. So the more analysts we are uh, attracting, the more uh, questions they are answering, the better the final indicator will be. So. The crypto meltdown was was not something that was necessarily predicted by the model. Yes. Yeah. Yes, meaning it was not predicted. Uh, it it, it uh, like I would say that some models were uh, were like were aware of yeah uh, of that change will be changed, but uh, overall we haven't been really prepared to this. Yeah. But. I would say that there is like some kind of events that are just hard or pretty much impossible to predict. Yeah, it's interesting because I look at some of the, you know, um, some of the technical traders out there, um, you know, some of the more well, well-known well um, uh, people in this space um, on, uh, at least in Bitcoin that have been on the show, like, you know, like Tone Vase or... Uh, yeah. these guys, they were, they were really, uh, convinced and they'd been talking about it for some time. And I wonder, and it was based completely on technical aspects, right? Completely on technical things. And of course, uh, they still think that, um, they, they still believe that Bitcoin still has not reached capitulation, um, generally speaking right now in terms of what your mar your, your, uh, your models are predicting do you have a sense of you know obviously uh you know which, which if we've hit the bottom are you starting to look at those kinds of numbers yeah so uh first of all we um my colleagues uh, uh the meltdown itself wasn't really unpredictable because we had a really exponential growth so we could expect high probability of that uh, Bitcoin and other countries will will at least there will there will be a correction and um, and speaking like about 
current situation, uh, we can see that the mood of like sentiment of uh, analysts and traders is reversing, and uh, we can see that there is like some small hopes of uh, like future market recovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's seems... not a public prediction, but. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah. So, so syndicator is is uh, it's overall uh, thinking that there's a there's a uh, bullish uh, sentiments uh, in in the market right now. Uh, I, I I see that. I'm putting yeah. you on the spot here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, these guys like Tyler Jenks and and Tone Vase would. Uh, I'm, I've been following as well. Still think that we're going to be below two thousand on Bitcoin before um, before we see a rebound. But who knows, right? It's hard hard to say. But but part part of your learning model is to take sentiment and try to interpret sentiment, whether it should be believed or not. Um, and that's and that's hopefully the next. The idea would be that the next time. Uh, there is a reversal in bull or uh, in a bull market uh, to a bear market that you've all, you can identify the things that go into that and uh, and hopefully predict that. Um, another question I have for you. So obviously, there's actually a number of a number of these kinds of projects out there uh, doing predictive models. I mean, the best one um, the, or the best known one or one of the early ones of course is Augur. Augur, and then now in terms of data statistics, there's something called Endor Protocol. I'm sure you're familiar with these. How yeah. do you think Syndicator is different or maybe better than, than some of these other ones that are out there? Yeah. So uh, pretty much most of uh, similar projects are using crowdsourced uh, predictions, and they are most of them are uh, predictive markets. So uh, you are able to trade events. So pretty much you are able to buy or sell a share, uh, which represents a probability of, a, of an event to happen. And if uh, you are right, you will uh, obviously you will get a reward. And if you are wrong, you will lose your, uh, your trade amount. Uh, the thing is, in Syndicator, we... And there is no financial losses uh, for our uh, analysts. They are able to uh, to send their analysis to make make forecasts and just to uh, receive a financial reward without risking anything from their pocket. Something like this. Uh, also, uh, I would say, in my personal opinion, that we have better uh, user experience um, for using some of prediction markets, decentralized prediction markets. We need to uh, download a blockchain, sync it every day, and uh, this is not quite user friendly, I guess, uh, in like for for most of people. Uh, also, I would say that we have. Uh, a very strong motivated community around our application. Uh, for them, using our application is not just, uh, it's more than just receive financial reward. Uh, 
and more than just gambling uh, right. or trying to predict something. Uh, we have a very strong educational effect for them. And we see that our forecasters are for years with us. Uh, we know this from history. Um, some of our early, early forecasters are still with us and they're switched from um, analyzing fiat markets to focusing on crypto markets. I think this is, this is great. And overall, I would say that like as a result, we have more users. Uh, we have more analysts, and pretty much we like we we can just compare it. I guess for most of our uh, competitors of similar products, of similar projects, we have like you know less than one one thousand uh, people are using it on a daily basis. Yeah, and we have like significantly more more amount of people, and also just. To, Quickly, quickly note: We the thing is, we are collecting collective intelligence and artificial intelligence. And some of the projects you are mentioning, they are using only like let's say crowd intelligence, and uh, some of some are using only uh, artificial intelligence. And we are building hybrid intelligence, so we are collect collecting both uh, both types of intelligence, and we. Pretty much, we are er eradicate. We can eradicate disadvantages of both of them and get like get the uh, the good parts of uh, both of. Uh, yeah. So, in other words, most of the other ones, uh, they're they're using uh, uh, crowd uh, data, but they're not necessarily using the computer aspect. The um, they're not using the uh, artificial intelligence to integrate it. Yeah, some of, some of them yeah. are using something just just crowd intelligence or just artificial intelligence. Um, we were talking a little bit about the the meltdown and yeah. um, what happened there. Obviously, affect a lot of projects, particularly those. Um, that were holding their their uh, treasury, their own money, uh, in in um, in cryptocurrency rather than in fiat. How well is a Syndicator capitalized right now? Um, obviously, that's a uh, that's a problem that uh, a number of projects are now facing. Is that they raised a lot of money in Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum goes down by ninety percent, and now they don't have enough money to develop their projects. So so what what's the situation with Syndicator on that end? Yeah, great, great question. So uh, we have a stable financial situation. Uh, we had hedged uh, our positions back then uh, after, uh, after our packing sale, and we had some rebalances as well during this period. Uh, I think personally think that we are about an uh, 90% of all crypto com of all like crypto companies in terms of funds left compared to the amount of received funds. Uh, and also uh, you've seen a lot of companies that like had uh, cost cutting, like staff reduction, something like this. We we don't have it. Uh, our company right now we have more than uh, 75 uh, employees and we are just uh, evolving 
Right. Where do you see this project headed? I know, you know, Tika, um, Tika sees it as something that somewhere along the line, um, you know, you'll, you'll have hedge funds and, and, and that sort of thing trying to effectively buy, you know, stakes in this uh, because there's a finite amount of it and the data and tokens, uh, the finite amount of tokens. And so only a certain number of people are going to be able to get so many, so much information. Is that, is that kind of what you're looking for? What's, what's the, what's the real vision uh, of the future for where this project is headed? So as I already said, we have uh, 75 employees right now. We have quite a big and diverse team. Uh, right now, we are a global company. Uh, we have our development team based in, in Russia and in other countries. Mm-hmm. Our senior managers uh, and the marketing team are uh, is spread around the globe, like in New York, Seoul, Seoul and uh, um, other cities and countries. Um, they are spreading the word about syndicator. And also we have trading team located in different countries as well, in, in, in different time zones. So um, in our white paper uh, for this year, we have kind of final goal. Um, this is a developing of uh, a technological infrastructure for, for hedge funds, which is including a trading platform, indicators, and other, other features. Uh, pretty much we have it almost 3D, I would say. Uh, we already built, we have built our proprietary trading platform, which we are using for backtesting strategies and for executing them. And we are, um, we have quite big trading team and uh, algo trading team, quants, uh, team of quants. And we are pretty much, we are testing uh, our own indicators uh, in a real uh, in a real world. So we are trading them. We are building different strategies based on our indicators, uh, based on them like as just a single indicator or just like a um, supplementary tool, additional tool, something like this. And I would say that we have quite uh, quite promising results. Uh, I think. Um, you you will heard about it later, but like right now we have. Uh, I personally, I I'm optimistic about this. So, yeah, yeah. I think uh, like a huge part of our future will be based uh, based on on this experiments. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, have you been getting a lot of interest from Wall Street? Uh, we, uh, I would say, we are not actually focusing on fiat markets right now. We are focusing on crypto markets, and uh, uh, I'm not sure that we should uh, sell the strategies itself rather than use it on our own. Right. Uh, yeah. Got it. I think I think we will be able to use it on our own and. Uh, our company and our ecosystem will only benefit from this, I guess. Right, right. So, um, so if people want to learn more, uh, maybe participate, maybe become, you know, what's the process? Obviously, you would buy. Um, is it so? Syndicator.io or, or is it .com? Yeah, yeah syndic- syndicator. 
Io, and we'll put a link to that in the uh, in the show notes. And then you have to, and then basically it's pretty self-explanatory there, right? I mean, you you have a uh, certain number of tokens that you can stake if you want information, but then there's also a uh, a platform that allows you to participate in answering questions. What is that? Uh, how does that work? If you can explain that to everybody. Yeah, so our, our website is syndicator.com. Oh, okay. uh, so, yeah, uh, so, uh, and it depends on on the way, uh, like a potential user want to choose. So um, a user can download our, our mobile application uh, or just use our website, like app.syndicator.com, I guess, to participate in, uh, in our um, collective intelligence part. So, uh, user will be able to send his analysis to send here uh, his uh, or her uh, indicators, how uh, said forecasts, uh, answering our questions, and to receive uh, financial and non-financial rewards for this. So uh, this is the one part. The second part is uh, if a user want to uh, to use our indicators for their for uh, for their you know, uh, analysis or trading or something like this, uh, user can uh, can uh, install our. We, we have Telegram bot, and we we also will have in future. We'll most likely have a dedicated page on our website uh, where a user will be able to uh, to see all the uh, all the uh, products, all the indicators he can. He can receive, it. and yes, as you as you already said, uh, user will be able, will like will need to buy a certain amount of uh, of tokens in order to get the access. Right. Uh, so yeah, as I would say that the best way to start is just to visit our website and start with it. Yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a, and it's a very neat platform. Nodari, uh, thank you very much for being on Consensus Network today. Uh, and uh, I would love to have you back sometime again. Thank you back for having me. I enjoyed uh, this interview very much. Thank you. We'll be right back. Want to buy Bitcoin with your IRA? Don't waste your time on expensive IRA custodians. A strategy called a QRP is as easy as writing a check. Find out how. Text 44222 and type QRP book. That's one word. And get a free book that explains everything. Again, that's 44222-QRP-BOOK. One word. It's the easiest way to make Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies part of your retirement. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And hopefully you enjoyed that. I think it's a, I think it is a very interesting project syndicator. Um, we'll see how it goes, right? I mean, there's a lot of these projects right now. Um, there's a lot of people who are high on Syndicator. I think they've made some really good business moves in terms of making sure that they hedged themselves into fiat to make sure they didn't run out of money, et cetera. The price certainly is not uh, doing great right now. But then again, you know, listen, the price of Bitcoin right now is about 3800 bucks. Um, I will say this. Uh, I think that... Um, what we're seeing right now is uh, something that I have been talking about for some time is that even despite a lot of activity and infrastructure building and big announcements or big, you know, whatever they may be, 
um, prices aren't flying up, right? And that's what I, I talked about before, where a lot of people were talking about, well, yeah, as soon as, you know, backed um, is, is uh, you know, a, a, the real deal, prices are going to go crazy as soon as Fidelity is uh, custody business is live, um, this the prices are going to shoot up. Well, in fact, what we're seeing this week, um, actually, Fidelity's Bitcoin custody business did go live. They don't have... Uh, I, I, they don't have that many customers. They're primarily very large early adoption type institutional um, uh, investors. Um, but that said, the price has not had a significant swing. I just don't think that that's uh, that that's the way this is going to happen. I think this is you know technically right now the technical analysts still are looking at this, thinking that there's a lot of resistance moving up and that there's still a possibility of a significant um, correction down potentially even below 2000. I don't know what's real, but what I will tell you is that, uh, that um, you know, the predictions that just because you're going to have, you know, backed and potentially even a, um, you know, the uh, CBOE's uh, ETF passed this year, these things are all um, I think positives and, and in the long run, meaning maybe in a year, maybe within the year, who knows, sometimes um, or two or whatever, but they are very positive for the industry in general. But when the rumor is out there, that's when usually prices go up. When uh, when it becomes fact, it usually doesn't affect the price anymore. So the reality is that right now all these rumors are already out there and they're not affecting the price very much. Um, and uh, of course, I'm long-term bullish. There's no question about it. But that's that's where we're at today. Um, not much else in the news. Uh, you know, it's well, I shouldn't say that. There's plenty of the news. A lot of slow-moving things. You know, Facebook announced that they're gonna get into the the uh, you know cryptocurrency space with WhatsApp and make it easy to transfer uh, you know money from one place to another using their app. Of course, that makes them also gives them an opportunity to monetize on those transactions as well. And, um, you know, and then some people hear that and they're like, oh, yeah, Bitcoin is uh, toast because now Facebook is going to get involved. And I think that's actually nonsense. Um, Big, uh, Facebook doesn't have a very good record right now with privacy. And one of the beauties of Bitcoin uh, and blockchain and all that is um, nobody spying on you all the time when you're using it. Anyway, that is it for me this week on Consensus Network. Make sure to check out the uh, website at consensusnetwork.io. Lots of information there, some tutorials, etc. And we'll keep uh, we'll keep chugging along with these shows and um, you know doing them periodically until we hit a bull market, and then I'm sure we'll start doing them weekly again. Uh, like I said, in the meantime, uh, that's it for me this week on Consensus Network. This is Buck Joffrey signing off.